Hey, this is Brad Vanderzee from Handsome Prick. You're listening to KFMP, Misery Point Radio. Stay brutal, baby. Thanks for joining me again on Misery Point Radio. I know it's been a while since I provided you with the depravity you crave and the degradation you deserve. And I'm sorry I left you alone in the wasteland for so long, but what can I say? Sometimes life just gets fucking crazy. Now, the reasons for my absence are not that exciting, so we'll just say I was on a not-so-top-secret mission, and that said mission is still underway. So I'll do my best to give you some more content whenever the opportunity to break away presents itself. And in the meantime, let's take a journey to a shady facility where the plastic babies live. Today's victim, I mean guest, is Brad Vanderzee, the mad scientist behind epic grindcore band Handsome Prick. Now, you may remember about a year ago, we were joined by live vocalist Justin Juice Wallace, and during that conversation, he alluded to some new material being in the works. And now, Brad is here to give us all the gory details of that new album titled Plastic Baby Living Facility. And if that album title doesn't put demented visions in your head, well then, you just don't deserve to be here. Brad gave me the rundown on the recording process, the band's approach to songwriting, the inspiration behind his lyrical poetry, and the origin of the album title, even though he didn't want to. We also got a little bit of band history, discussed his love of grindcore, and recapped their recent experience playing their first show in over a year. Needless to say, I'm a huge fan of Handsome Prick. Or am I a handsome fan of huge pricks? I'll leave that up to you to decide. Either way, this conversation was an absolute blast, and I'm excited to force it down your throat. I mean, share it with you, along with a couple of awesome songs off of this amazing new album. So, put that doll's clothes back on, pull your pants back up, and prepare yourself for the next round of Olive Branch Sodomy. Here it comes. All right, bitches, check this out. I am here hanging out with the mastermind of the modern grind, the official narrator of the fall of society, and the <laughs> handsomest of all the pricks. So please uh, welcome to Misery Point Radio, Brad Vanderzee. Brad, thank you, brother, for joining me. I appreciate you hopping on today. Thanks, dude. You, you yeah. say that's all the boys, I'm sure, but uh, I appreciate <laughs> it. Thanks for having me. Well, yeah, of course. I mean, I do nice say shirt. it to all the boys. Uh, hey, you know, I know a guy, uh, which is really funny. So, uh, you know, I, I think I'm looking at you now. I see you face to face. You're pretty fucking handsome. Um, oh, I know I told Juice he was pretty handsome, but I don't know. That was before you, you met too. me. No. <laughs> oh, Might have you, to man. be in a uh, Juice Brad sandwich. I don't know. You know, <laughs> hey, everything's up in the air right now, guys. Options are limitless. I mean, it's COVID. I'm going crazy. You know, what are you going to do? So, yeah. Uh, shout out, of course, to Juicy Juice, uh, Mr. Justin, Justin J. Wallace. Christo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, doing his own stuff over there with the Juice Pro and the JP Dub and uh, all that yeah. cool stuff. Um, so I definitely want to spend a lot of time talking about your new album, uh, of course. But, you know, before we do that and, uh, you know, before we drop our IQ points by actually having that conversation and going down <laughs> those rabbit holes, let's talk a little bit about the man, the myth, the legend, and we'll also talk about you. So how did you get started? Give us a little bit of the history. What got you into playing music and all of that good stuff? Oh man, I don't even remember anymore. I just, uh, I was I was always interested in it. I always wanted to be in a band. <clears throat> and as soon as I could, I did. So uh, I think I got my first band together when I was like, first real band that I recorded with when I was um, probably thir 12 or 13 and we recorded a tape. I was the singer. We were called treason and uh, we played a bunch of shows and uh, we made two albums. One of them got put out, one of them didn't. And then, uh, and then I, you know, I was into all the punk stuff, you know, and uh, I, I, I started growing out of that. You know, I started listening to cannibal corpse in that, uh, all my punk friends didn't like that. And, uh, <laughs> so I kind of alienated myself and then I started playing drums a lot. And then, uh, as soon as I could form a kind of grindcore band, I did. And 
Yeah. I've been playing drums ever since, you know? Yeah. Well, so for you, the the early influences really were kind of on the heavier side of stuff to begin with then. So the punk, the grind. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I guess choosing that uh, that avenue for you to go down with the grindcore, I mean, clearly there's a ton of money to be made in it, and clearly you get all the chicks. But besides that, <laughs> you know, of what the grindcore is, of course, known for, uh, you know, it's kind of that happy medium. It's like, it's the punk, it's the death metal, it's just the hardcore and all that shit kind of rolled up into one. So as far as a an aggressive style of music, I think the grind really encompasses all of those yeah. elements. It made total sense to me. It was like, I liked all the fast, aggressive, nasty punk. Faster the better, you know? Yeah. Misfits, Circle Jerks, Minor Threat. and And then it was like, oh, here's some heavier, you know, faster even more angry stuff deicide and suffocation and no one else really saw it that way so i was kind of on my own with that uh especially in you know northwest indiana there's not a whole <laughs> lot of uh, yeah you're in a, what dyer right is that yeah. the, in the town that you guys are in yeah that yeah. i'm in everyone else is kind of around here kind of all over the place yeah you know it's funny you mention you know bands like like suffocation for instance which i'm a huge fan of suffocation and oh, yeah uh, one of the early pioneers, I, I think, of the death metal scene, and they still have a lot of grind elements to it. And Deicide, mm -hmm. being the uh, the super overtly hyper Christian band that they are, uh, <laughs> really yeah. actually had quite a bit of of grind elements, at least in the first two albums. Although later on, they yeah. I don't know what the fuck happened. They just they 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 did some crazy stuff, but. Um, you know, I think when I think of grind, I mean, I'm kind of brought back to the the early era of like, you know, the the earache stuff, you know, like the napalm, napalm death. death. Yeah, yeah and, and, you know, brutal truth. Um, Hell yeah. So, I mean, I, I hear, you know, listening, going back and listening to some of your 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 earlier stuff, um, like Enlarge and stuff like that. There is definitely a, a really a definitive influence that you can hear from some of that early era stuff, but there's definitely suffocation there. There's definitely brutal truth. There's definitely napalm death. Oh, yeah. um, but then you see, you know, kind of some more, more traditional death metal elements kind of mixed in, especially on this newer stuff. You know, you hear some, some, for instance, morbid angel influence and some cannibal corpse influence. And that's uh, strange. I never got into morbid angel to like recently. I don't know. Yeah. For whatever reason, I never cared for him. And uh, you know, you get older and then stuff you like passed over initially is like, you know, Oh, this is actually good. I just, I don't know why I didn't like morbid angel. It's, it's, it seems too like it was, I thought it was too clean or something. It wasn't as abrasive as like butchered at birth or something, or, you mm. know, as pissed off as deicide. But, uh, I've been really getting into that stuff. I don't know if it influenced me, uh, writing the yeah. last thing, uh, last album, but, uh, yeah, they're killer. <laughs> yeah yeah they have a the i think one of the things that especially uh as we start digging into this album here in a few minutes that i i noticed that the the morbid angel vibe that i get is really more in terms of like the time signature changes and the kind of the really slow grindy passages that almost get into doom territory for some parts yeah. um reminded me of for instance stuff off like blessed are the sick or covenant like that era um, I do like I, their slower stuff. Their that stuff is nasty. It's it's really yeah. Cool. And then they just do those weird kind of transitional passages. Um, so I think uh, you know, and that's as I listen to to the new album. That that's I guess kind of what I get really at the end of the day is the early stuff was definitely just super aggressive and super chaotic, and and this is that, but also yeah. quite a bit more refined in the sense that we're seeing. I don't know, a lot more like uh, variance in the kinds of guitar parts. For instance, there's some, you know, some slight harmony passages and really cool use of those uh, kind of immolation style pinch harmonics, which I like quite a bit. And yeah, I also, yeah. one of the things that I notice, especially in getting into like, um, uh, almost like the kind of bringing it back to the hardcore punk with like some of the vocal passages, especially in, in the last cut on the, on the album. Yeah. Uh, which was a fucking awesome surprise. Cause I mean, you can listen to the songs and you think, okay, yeah, it makes sense for it to be there. But when it actually happens, uh, it was, it just, it kind of blew my mind. So, uh, cool, man. what, what kind of was your thoughts going into actually making this album? Did you consciously say, 
I want to do something a little different or <clears throat> was this just uh, a bunch of shit that was pent up and it all came out at once yeah, without a formula? I don't know if I consciously do anything because it, it never works out right when you're just like, I want to do this or, or like this is what this album is going to be. I think it's just where uh, where I am as uh, maturing as a songwriter and getting older and right, uh, just not giving a shit, you know, kind of about... <laughs> You know, just kind of leaning into trying to lean into more natural stuff for me, you know, doing not not being afraid to go slower. <laughs> you know, it's just like uh, stuff like that. And um, I actually I, this is the, our first album with full lyrics. So it might sound a little more like, I don't know, composed. Yeah. Yeah, because when you actually have to write lyrics, like your laziness can be like, all right, I'm just going to let this part chill with no, <laughs> you know, no vocals. Whereas if I'm not writing, you know, lyrics, I'm, I fill every beat of every syllable with vocals. And it's just like, I, I, I you know, you listen to old albums and it's like, uh, I like that, but it's kind of annoying, but it's, you know, it, it's, this is more like structured and focused, I would say, which is kind of the point of everything just trying to be better at what i do you know and uh yeah yeah just trying to, to lean I'm... into my weirder ideas uh, instead of just you know i've i've done tons of grindcore stuff and it's like bah, 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 bah. i could do, you know, <laughs> i could do that all day and i like it but it's like yeah try something different a little bit yeah you know? blast beats and screams and uh all kinds of, of crazy stuff you know speaking yeah. of of songs that have vocals that aren't really vocals you know it kind of reminds me of especially like the early obituary, you know, where Absolutely. You know, John, John Tardy has pr one of the most recognizable voices and uh, <clears throat> in, in metal. And, um, you know, those first couple albums really, it was just kind of random words thrown together. And for him, it was all about the pattern mm -hmm. and kind of how the vocal fit with the music. And it wasn't really about what was actually being said as much yeah. as the vibe of the song. Now, they were probably better off without lyrics. I, I think obituary. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm, a, I'm not looking I'm, for any depth when I listen to obituary. Yeah, you're not going to read the some... obituary lyric book and decide what direction you want to take with your life. <laughs> I'll check it out, but uh, yeah. yeah. Well, I not mean, really. the the handsome prick lyrics—they are pretty life changing. I mean, let's think so. <laughs> let's just yeah, let's kind of break this down for a second. All right, so um, so first and foremost, uh, I would like to share. Um, this Look masterpiece with you. Look at that. And I, I like the the sleep side and the woke side. Um, mm -hmm. Very, very, very apropos oh. for the time. I have um, uh, I have the baby head right here, actually. Oh, I bought this off eBay. The... There's the woke. And, uh, <laughs> you... Is that the official baby head? Yeah. And, uh, of There's course. The sleep side. I took the pictures for the labels. Yeah. And I appreciate you guys <laughs> devaluing this for me by scribbling your names on it, which was hey, also no super cool. Um, <laughs> I also like, you know, this uh, super badass purple disc with yeah. the creepy baby head on there. <clears throat> so. Bruised uterus. <laughs> That's amazing. But speaking then of lyrics. Um, probably for the first time ever, look at this, a full two-page lyric sheet. Oh, and yeah. even though these songs are roughly almost all of them clocking in at very close to three minutes and 30 seconds, I don't know if that's a, a formula that you guys use or whatnot or just a fucking no, coincidence. But, uh, everything's accidental. You know, I look at, at the length of the song lyrics and I'm like, it's it's not like three lines. I mean, there's... I would like to say there's substance to this, but I mean, what the substance is, um, well, I'm reading them. There, there, some substances are identified in here. Um, but I think one of the things I notice about, about your, uh, and I, and predominantly this is you being the lyrical genius uh, behind Handsome Prick uh, is. Um, I wouldn't say that. You know, <laughs> Thank it you. It kind of humor humor as a way to comment on society is kind of an overarching theme i think in in all of in all of your music fr from what i have been exposed to yeah. and i say exposed because really i feel very exposed reading these lyrics right you now it naked yeah sure. and uh i also want to mention that i'm i'm very happy to have gotten my hands on your package this is a very a very nice package i'm holding dirty um, boy <laughs> I love the names of your your songs uh and because Thanks, I mean a, a lot of them are they're kind of 
takes on common phrases, right? So, for instance, <clears throat> cancer culture, cancel culture. Yeah. Um, you know, Plan B from outer space. I don't oh, yeah. reference to Plan Nine, probably. Or uh, yeah, you know, it's the Plan B. Uh, day after <laughs> the Plan pill. B pill. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you know, I like um, olive branch sodomy. You know, as a maybe a maybe somewhat of a nod to meat hook sodomy from Cannibal Corpse. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That for sure. <laughs> but yeah, when you extend an olive branch, you know, it's like trying, yeah, it's like you're, opposite you're of friendship. If you stick it up, extend that peaceful thing and cram <clears throat> that fucker up your ass. Absolutely. Um, I really, I really like that. So when you're <laughs> writing lyrics, I mean, is this something that you're like, I have an idea for a song, like, I really want to get this message out? Or is this just like, you see some crazy thing on the news and you're like, fuck that guy, I'm gonna write a song about it? Uh, well, the song titles come first. I don't know if I intended to write lyrics. But I felt like I was ready. After, you know, an absence of the first two albums. Cause I was just kind of burnt out on writing lyrics and it's like, you know, who gives a shit. And, uh, <clears throat> so song titles are first. And then I, I, you know, I try to pick a song title that I could potentially put some feelings into, you know what I mean? And, uh, or my imagination into like plan B from outer space. So that was the first one I, I wrote and I had, I had the lyrics for a long time, like since I showed them the song. And then uh, everything else came <clears throat> after we recorded the music, pretty much. I mean, I had titles, but some of the titles changed. And uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I was I was home from for quarantine, and I would just do like a song a day. I wrote the lyrics. I tracked it that day, and that was it. It was like two weeks, and uh, just kind of pumped it out. I guess I had some things to say. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <don't> right. Know. <clears throat> but uh, Well, there was a uh, – so – if I'm reading it properly off my memory, I want to say that it says it in the credits somewhere. You recorded what from from May or so of 2020, which was kind of the we'll call it the first phase of the quarantine. So is mm -hmm. that kind of when you started writing this project or was there kind of stuff already in the works? Um, Are you talking about the lyrics or any of any of it? Kind of. Uh, how did that oh, process no, we had been go? working on it for a while. It took longer to get this album together um not creatively but just as far as like personal life goes like we went through you know uh, my guitarist zach changed his job he's got a much more demanding job he had a child you know everyone i know fucking died so that took up a lot of time uh, yeah fuckers quit dying i know selfish of them um uh, so you know just real life and you know just uh you know, uh, trouble staying motivated and focused and on uh, everyone's part, but we finally got it together. And then we're like, all right, we're going to book studio time. And then the fucking pandemic is just like, God damn it. Someone doesn't want this album to happen, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but fuck it, man, we did it and it was killer. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm happy with it. Yeah. And so, uh, lyrically then you were saying that you were just kind of pumping out lyrics. So I, I'm taking it. What that means is you basically had the songs written, songs done, ready to go. And then the lyrics, yeah. you kind of were like, let's just get these fucking lyrics done so we can record it. And then you blasted yeah. them out. Well, no, we, we, we recorded the whole album and then I had, I had the tracks to record, you know? So oh, okay. yeah, it was all done and all the titles were in place. And I, I had thought I, I had known for a while that I was going to try to write lyrics for everything. And I was feeling pretty inspired about it. So when it actually came time, I just started, I, I think it, I think it was like two weeks and I did all the vocals and, and wrote all the lyrics besides plan B. Yeah. So, and you recorded the, the vocal tracks on your own at home, right? Whereas the rest yeah. of it was tracked uh, in Chicago. This very microphone right here. That very yeah. microphone is now this legendary. Is if he's had his mouth it, buddy, all you know. over that thing. And I you know those grindcore <laughs> vocals, he's deep throating that fucking mic to get those growls out of there. <laughs> no, and I've I got seen the Juice on stage it. too. Is he is Juice using your same microphone? Is, is he giving you his COVID? No, he, he he's used this microphone once. <laughs> and uh actually it was a different one. I threw that in the garbage right after he used it. So Oh yeah, that's what I would do. <laughs> right after I stuck it up my ass like a microphone <laughs> sodomy. That's that's the yeah. new a new you can have that. That's a new track for your album. Is uh, Thanks, dude. Juice microphone sodomy. I'm going to spell it with your name too, Mike. Oh, fuck yeah. Mike Boom. That's awesome. We already used sodomy though. I don't know. We'll have to do yeah. something else. 
Yeah. What's another? Hey, uh, all you out there What's in the podcast and radio land, I want you to send all of your synonyms for sodomy to Brad, um, and you'll get credits in the new album. No, I got enough <laughs> dirty thoughts. I don't need anyone else helping me. You know. <clears throat> so, so you banged out pretty much this album then in about two weeks, start to finish. Um, I think so. Two now you've been using uh is it Andy Nelson has been the guy you've been working with since since back in the day. How did that relationship start? Um I I don't know. I just uh I'm I was living in California for a few years and uh I remember my buddy Neil was playing me some weekend nachos and he was like, Man, this shit sounds heavy. And I knew they were a Chicago band. So once I got back, I was like, I'm gonna use that studio. I'm gonna try that, you know. This shit sounds good. And enlarged to show texture was the first album we did with him, and he's he's a fucking great dude, and uh, I like recording there. It's it's most laid back place. It's fucking cool. He knows. Uh, I don't know. He gets every reference I give him as far as music. You know, like I want this to do this, and he's just like right on top of it, man. It's it's really easy. He's cool as fuck. It's no brainer. You know, I've done a bunch of stuff with him since. So and he knows it's, it's, he knows your sound, he knows your style, he knows kind of what you're going after. You can yeah. definitely hear the evolution also of just kind of sonically what you guys have have uh, gone through over now three albums. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't know where I saw it, but I was just kind of uh, online stalking the prick, uh, and I, I came across a, a thing that said basically uh now brick house studio is referred to as prick house is that uh prick top yeah <laughs> prick top that's what it is yeah i'm sure he, you know he doesn't like that but it was just a joke <laughs> i i think me and matt our new bass player were trying to write a bio and i just said that and he put it in there and it's brick top <laughs> studio in chicago everyone should go there it's, it's killer top it's, studio uh, yeah it's it, it won't break the bank and uh it's it's quality quality yeah. shit Regardless of him putting out your album, the rest of the shit is quality, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Everything else he's done is top notch. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> as far as as far as plastic baby living facility, I don't know why I want to say machine at the end of it because I've done that a couple of times now. So <laughs> what uh, kind of... What the fuck were you thinking, Mike? I don't know, man. I just It's a machine. You're a machine. Everything's a machine. We live in a big machine. <laughs> Um, yeah. no, it's a great name and I'm curious. Thanks. Uh, I mean, it, you, it's clearly it's pulled, uh, that reference is pulled out of the lyrics of, of, uh, one of the songs, but how did you yeah. come up with the, the name for why did you decide you wanted to call the album that? Well, I would like to just leave it as abstract as I can, but I'll, I guess I'll explain it. You might as well. I mean, yeah. <clears throat> so I was working, uh, I'm, I'm an electrician and I, uh, we were changing some lights at like, a an old folks home, you know, like a senior living facility. Oddly enough, that's the industry that I work in is in senior living. Is it really? It really is. Yeah. Okay. So you might know what I'm talking about when, so we're, I'm changing uh, lights out and in this big common area and you know, half the people, I mean, it's, it's sad there. They don't know what's going on, Mm -hmm. but there's a big crib full of plastic babies and some of these old, old broads are holding them. And I was just like, Holy fuck. Just really heavy, you know, it was like, I remember driving out of there and I texted myself plastic baby living facility and it just kind of stuck with me and I had it for a while and I just kind of grew to like it more and more. And, uh, you know, it was like a tough couple of years, you know, getting old and people dying. And I was like, well, it was kind of just, uh, like embracing uh, your youth is like the kind of, uh, common theme and being able to play music like a fucking dirty animal and uh, yeah. Stuff like that, you know. I thought it was a good, positive theme out of this something that's fucking dark and fucked up. Yeah, but you actually saw an official in existence plastic baby living facility because there oh, they were. There was, <laughs> there was a bunch of skeletons covered <laughs> yeah. in skin that were still there there as well. But uh, yeah, that's plastic a, babies were. Uh... That's a pretty morbid <laughs> image, I think. But but I, I get it yeah. because I. I have seen many common areas. I have seen people, especially in whatever advanced stage of of their lives that they're in, where they're clinging on to whatever tangible piece of something that they can either grasp onto or look at or have some kind of a a memory or a, a recollection of. But uh, that image of a little uh, baby face, uh, I mean, 
is creepy as fuck. And my wife's aunt had the uh, had the doll room. You know what I'm talking about? Like an entire room in the house dedicated to fucking dolls. <laughs> and we went and stayed there one time. And it was like, so we stayed in this room surrounded by dolls. And I was just like, this is the creepiest fucking thing I've ever That's seen in my creepy. life. Dude, and, you know, you turn off the lights and then, you know, your eyes get accustomed to dark. And there's like a thousand little beady fucking disembodied eyes staring at you. And yeah, uh, staring yeah. in the darkness and they're moving. But, yeah, you know, the, the Chuckies and the Annabelles and the, you know, whether yeah. other Dolly little... Dearest. Yeah, exactly. Right. Well, I think now we should take a listen to the song that spawned the title for the album. So here it is off of Plastic Baby Living Facility. This one's called Drive Like Your Kids Live Hereafter. <laughs>
so that's crazy <laughs> i uh um but yeah i think that's a great name i, I love the album cover uh, and of course yeah uh, i i tried to go the opposite of like you know everyone's like trying to do like super brutal and i you know i love that shit just like brutal artwork brutal title fucking everyone wants that dan seagrave fucking cover art sure so i i you know i was like well real life is dark enough and i, I try to go a little subtle with it and it's like you know uh and more simple with the artwork our the artist that we always work with mike miller from dekalb uh, I had given him some, this is the only album I like actually had an idea, you know, which I was like excited about as far as artwork and like concept. And I, I had this big thing, like, uh, like a baby crib with like a bunch of plastic babies and like old ladies hands reaching in. And, and he just started throwing me, uh, sketches and he sent that the baby, the, the shots of the babies. And I was like, that's it. <laughs> and he kept sending stuff and, I was like, no, 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 that's it. And he, I think he wanted the the back cover to be the cover art. And I was like, no, I just want no logo, just the fucking babies. And then we worked on the color. He sent one with like, uh, you know, natural skin tones. And I was like, no, 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 I don't want to make any racial commentary. I want fucking green, purple babies. And I, I don't want to fucking, you know, deal with any of that stuff because everyone's going crazy. Um yeah, like your you babies are racially <laughs> and gender neutral. So uh... yeah, right. I'd rather go that way. I'm not trying to, you know. You're not trying to make a political statement with the plastic babies. I get it. That's, I would uh... hate to make a political statement. I just <laughs> music is music, man. Hey, you um... know your political statements are in your lyrics. Uh, you know, maybe thinly veiled, but your scathing views on society are definitely in there. Uh, I, maybe so. I, I don't do that intentionally. I'm kind of like. Uh just my perception of things and uh, yeah. not trying to make any statement or anything like that. Cause uh, there's enough people spreading their opinions and who gives a fuck, you know, how much fun to make some cool music, you know, it's fun to make some music and make funny songs and, and have, there you go. Awesome. Funny, dark covers. shit, man. The fucking, I, that's I, how I deal with life. Personal you know? <laughs> opinion, you know, like I, I like all kinds of bands, all kinds of music, metal and otherwise. And Same sometimes here. I think people, try to read too deep into the messages that artists are trying to send. It's like, Hey, it's just a fucking song, dude. And people are going to interpret shit the way they're going to interpret it. But I, I, what I like about your style and the band is that you have these lyrics that they're just crazy. I mean, if you read them, it's, it's awesome. It's just, it's a, it's a pile of funny shit lumped in together and you can make what sense of it you want. But I, I think the message right. I get is shit's fucked up. Make, make it, make what of it as you will, you know, it's just a, right. You know, it doesn't, uh, doesn't have to be a super serious thing. Yeah. I, I, I'm just a street reporter, like uh easy E, you know what I mean? Mm. I, I just try to, <laughs> you know, I get that. You remind just, me uh, of easy E everything <laughs> about you. I could, I could throw some curl in here and, uh, and uh, <laughs> probably look like him, but. Oh, um, easy. You know, just uh, trying to make fun of really dark shit, you know, if, yeah. you know, dark uh, comedy, I guess, is kind of my personality anyway. So, you know, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't take anything. I, I take everything very seriously, but I don't at the same, you know, I'd like to, I don't know. Yeah. Make fun of shit. Everything is up for interpretation. Imagination. You know, I think as an artist, there's sometimes people feel pressure to, you know, send one message or another. But, you know, the song titles are funny. The lyrics are funny. They're there. But at the end of the day, Handsome Prick, I think, is really not just about lyrics or not just about music. It's really like a, whole, a song as a composition, as an idea. Um, and it's, it's just kind of like it's fun, I guess. It's just a fun concept that is not meant to be taken so seriously that you're trying to interpret what the fuck everything thanks is. man i mean don't get us wrong we're serious yeah. i mean we we pound these songs out and oh yeah until they're as perfect as we can get them i mean what you hear on the record is pretty much what we played you know we don't uh go crazy with you know we don't use click tracks and i mean there's stuff there's some editing i you know i'm not sure i'm not gonna lie but I mean, you see us live and you see us, you know, that's what it is. You know, yeah. we don't, so we could play. <laughs> do you guys, when you record, do you do like a, a live recording or are you separate tracking everything? It's as live as you can get. I mean, 
this is our, uh, well, I mean, we had a bass player on our first album, but pretty much like it's me and Zach in a room, our guitarist and, um, most of his scratch guitar tracks get used as the final product. I mean, we're like, you know, and then he'll just punch in stuff here and there. And then he throws another, I think we did three guitar tracks on this one, but we, it's, it's as live as it can get, you know, in the studio. We're just, we're in the room. It's like ready. And we start playing, you know, it's yeah. just simple as that. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want it to get any more complicated than, than that. It's just, I don't know. It has a, it. um, your guys' sound has a very raw sound to it. Uh, I mean, it, it's, it definitely gives off a live recording element. Um, so I think that's cool. It, it is, it, you know. It's it, really it funny that I hear a lot of people now saying that they're going back and, you know, the, the concept of using your scratch tracks um, as final tracks. I, I was talking to, who the hell was I talking to? It was, uh, oh, it was Mike Gilbert from, from Flotsam. And he was saying the same thing. He goes, you know, we went back and we tracked this shit like a million times. And he goes, we just kept going back to the scratch tracks because they were just the yeah. most raw and they were the most like energetic. And after, if you record shit 20, 30, 40 times, yeah. now you're done with it. You're just like, just fucking get this over with. And it affects, right. it affects the quality of the sound. <clears throat> yeah. And I, this is the first band that I've been in where we actually used, especially the first album. It was like the, the first guitar track was like perfect. And yeah. that was the first time I think Zach had ever really recorded in a studio he hasn't done like tons of stuff. So like he was, I don't know, we were just prepared. And then they were like, well, that's, that track sounds good. So I think we punched in a, very little things on the first album guitar wise. And then through another track, I think we did guitars and drums in the first day. That was, that was it. Yeah. But, uh, this is the longest we've taken on a recording, uh, plastic baby. It was three, we t- took three days and, that's it. That's <laughs> three it. days you three got days. the whole album done in three days yeah fuck these people man I, I mean time is money man we don't make tons of money doing this so it's like wait a second I mean, wait a second wait a second hold on i don't believe that for one second mime mime <laughs> is money baby you heard me <laughs> so you got in um, there and you just banged it out but i mean it's kind of like you'd been you'd been kind of working through it for a while so you felt like by the time you got ready to push that record button you, you just you were ready with the material you felt like you had it down for, at least for the, the yeah. skeleton of it and you're just like let's just fucking bang this out yeah i mean that's it i mean it's, it's very simple man we're we're like a high anxiety high you know we're we're prepared we yeah there's no i mean the nerves, uh, like, I guess I wouldn't say nervous, but our nerves are there. It just makes us play faster and sure. Let's fucking do this. So yeah. I can, uh, and I'm, I'm sure that you record your vocals and drums at the same time. Right. Cause I, I can totally see. I that do. Happening. I do <laughs> all my heroes, singer drummers, all my least favorite artists of all times are singers, drummers like Don Henley and Phil yeah. Collins. It's like, Oh, so bad. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So yeah, obviously the vocals, I took the time and to write the lyrics and, uh, and yeah, recorded at home, you know? Yeah. works pretty awesome. And so, yeah. uh, I just, I really, I really like, you know, the sound quality on this album. I mean, it doesn't sound producery, but I mean, it has a pretty high level of polish to it, especially considering that it's, <laughs> that it's at the end of the day, it's still a, a grind album, which is kind of the antithesis, I think of what a lot of people equate that style of music to sound like, but I mean, you can literally hear all the instruments. There's a pretty good amount of headroom in the mix. Um, I, mm-hmm. I just, uh, I, I like the other two albums as well. And I heard this one and I was like, wow, there's just a huge sonic leap, uh, in just the overall yeah. presentation. I think, uh, our new bass player helped with that Matt a because we never like me and Zach are pretty easy going and it's like, they'll send a, send us the first mix and I'm just like, that sounds good. You know, <laughs> the drums are loud as fuck. I mean, yeah. So we actually did like three passes mix wise with this. And I think Matt, uh, they were ganging up on me to make the guitars and, uh, bass louder, which I, I like too. You know, I liked, I liked the mix on this album, uh, probably better, but, um, yeah, you know, we're just really like, quick do it do it do it that's a good mix fine and then i of course there's little things here and there like i want the ride symbol up and 
I, I, I very much listen to music as a drummer, you know what I mean? So it's like, I have a hard time, you know, helping everyone else out in the mix, you know what sure. I mean? So I think the addition of Matt and uh, them ganging up on me about the mix helped help the album overall. And we did three guitar tracks this time, which we've only done two on the first two albums. So uh, yeah, it, it came out heavy. It sounds good. I like it. So like a like a stereo and then a center was kind of that the concept I, with the guitar? I couldn't tell you. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if he used the third track or if it was just the yeah. the mix, uh, the overall bringing stuff up in the mix. Uh, we'll talk about it next time we make an album. I'll talk about, to Andy about what, what he did. Yeah, what he's doing. <laughs> but you know what I mean? I'm really I really don't also, like to nerd out on the... Oh, yeah. well, that's okay. I'll nerd out for you. Because no, I no, like I mean, kind of I, we can, I can only tell you what I know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I uh, I also think that, again, kind of what we were talking about earlier, where maybe there was a little bit of different style in the songwriting elements and things being pulled back a little bit, you know, uh, yes. would also have to do with kind of how that mix came out. And for instance, I mean, Handsome Prick is blast beats galore, um, for lack of a better way to put it, especially on the first couple of albums. This one, there's still plenty of blast beats, but I think they seem like they're more strategically placed. And yeah. I, I do see, you know, some of those slower guitar passages and then you can still hear the bass in the mix as well. So I kind of think all those elements really just lended themselves to be able to be mixed a little bit different. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I've uh, listened to it over and over again and I just keep coming up with it. I was like, wow, it's just the placement of everything just seems more, I don't know, articulate. Yeah, I tried to I tried to lean into the weirder and slower stuff because the speed comes like naturally for me and the blast beats are going to be there. Cause I, that's what, that's how I like to play drums. That's how I'm satisfied. So I tried to, I don't know if I tried to, but I just, I wrote, I don't know, a little more space. If you've ever seen Eddie and the cruisers part two, <laughs> fantastic film. Me and my dad always used to laugh about this, but uh, are you familiar with Eddie and the cruisers at all? I am Michael familiar with the cruisers. Yep. So the second one, you know, everyone thinks he's dead and he's a construction worker. I guess I don't have to explain the plot, but he's a, he's playing guitar with some guy and he's playing like Stevie Ray Vaughan. And then this kid's playing like Eddie Van Halen. And he's like, you got to let the music breathe, man. You got to let the music breathe. So <laughs> Eddie and the cruisers too, was kind of a, a big influence on this album. Yeah, and, yeah. I, you know, I, I would, I would have guessed that. I mean, just arbitrarily. <laughs> I mean, that's first thing I thought of. That, that, and it's like, uh, oh, these guys yeah. have been Man. watching Eddie and the Cruisers Part Two. Yeah, and uh, and then it's watching... the stupidest fucking movie because <laughs> everyone thinks he's dead, so he moves to like a different state and grows a mustache, and no one knows it's him. It's like, hey, that's obviously Eddie and from the fucking yeah. Eddie and the Cruisers. It's like a Christopher Reeve and Superman, right? Take those fucking glasses. Oh my God, the glasses are gone. Same thing, yeah. There's a mustache this time. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. So yeah, (laughs) let the music breathe, you know? Let the music breathe, bitches. So uh, here we are. We got this album. Things are kind of opening back up. And now you got to play a show recently. I know, man. And so... Uh, that it had been how long? Uh, over a year since the last time you guys played. Obviously, um, probably I can't remember more the last that. time. I think I heard Justin say that our last show was at Reggie's in Chicago, but I can't really remember which one, it, which show it was. But yeah. yeah, it was awesome to be to be out again. Yeah, was this a, a show that was kind of planned in advance and then canceled and rescheduled, or did this one no. just kind of pop up and say, "Holy fuck, here's a chance to play a show with no notice." Uh Yeah, he I remember us, seeing, "Hey, we're playing a show." And then I was like, "Holy shit, that's like next week or something." <laughs> he asked us to uh, a couple months ago and I was pretty confident it wasn't going to happen cuz Galesburg, Illinois is like in the middle of fucking nowhere. So I'm like, things are opening up pretty decently and I don't think anyone's going to give a shit if we if anyone plays out there. So um it was killer, man. Steve, uh, Steve Squatch asked us to play and, uh, he was a really nice guy to us. And, uh, yeah, we had plenty of time to prepare. Justin hasn't played any of these new songs live. So he learned, um, he learned, uh, however many we played and we've never played a show with Matt a bear on bass. So he learned some old songs and, uh, we, we were pretty well prepared and it, it went well. It was awesome. Yeah. 
how was play the, with uh, the bass player again <laughs> yeah right instead of you doing everything right uh yeah even live <laughs> dude it's just like god damn it's so oh yeah better. you guys played without a bass player uh when you did some shows for a while uh, right a lot of yeah yeah <laughs> the majority of our shows were probably without a bass player oh and i was uh in the first death metal band i was in when i was a kid we played our first dozen or so shows without a bass player we just cranked yeah. up the distortion cut the mids out <laughs> had the sound guy you know hit the bass <laughs> up uh on, on the on the on the mixing board and it still sounded yeah. pretty fucking heavy fuck um, yeah but there is obviously something to be said for you know having that that uh, element in a, in a live situation. So, and then how what was what was the crowd like? I mean, did they was there a limited amount of people there, they let in or how no? Did that it work? was kind of uh, it was at this place called Willis Steel Corporation. It was like an old steel factory, and it's it was. I'm glad the weather was nice because it was basically outdoors. It was like all two big garage doors open. The ceiling was somewhat. There was holes in the ceiling, or something. I don't know. It was, it was. It felt like you were outdoors, but there was a roof over your head. So, uh, yeah. And there was a lot of a lot of people. Uh, I'm, it was a good crowd. I mean, I was surprised at how uh, awesome it was, and uh, a lot of drunk people. It's good to see. <laughs> yeah, them. they didn't have to turn away twenty, thirty thousand people that you guys were expecting. And uh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was it was more people than I than I anticipated. It was it was awesome. Um, yeah. I got to see a lot of uh, friends that I haven't seen in a long time. Sean from the Future Pile and those guys, the guys from uh, Sexual Atrocities, all my cheesehead friends, you know, yeah. up in Wisconsin. Uh, Sexual Atrocities, cool. that's a great family-friendly name for a band. I really yeah. like that. Yeah, it's a good, it gives me the warm fuzzies. You know, I hate telling people my band name, but, uh, you know, like people that you work with that don't know anything. It's just like, I would hate to say sexual atrocities. I would just, I'd tell I'd make up a fake one, I think. Yeah, we're uh, we're called the Warm Bunnies, the Fuzzy yeah, Bunnies. Yeah, we're called, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but that's great. So the show went good. Uh, you know, it was well received. It was it was a blast. I'm sure. What do you have more shows planned? Is is anything in the works right now? As Nothing. Far as that goes? Uh, no, we we were offered a show, but we couldn't do it uh, because of work schedules. And uh, hopefully, there's more. It seems like stuff's opening. I don't know. I'm dying yeah. to play. I love I love it. I love uh, practicing and. You know, when we have like a goal, it's easier to get everyone here to play. And uh, sure, you know, so yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I think I think that you know the the idea of of shows coming back, um, I think is is a big deal for a lot of people. You know, everybody's been kind of pent up, and obviously everybody wants to be safe and this and that. But you know, things getting back to a point where we can start anticipating shows happening again, um, even yeah. if it's in a limited capacity. I got a lot of friends and they're like, dude, I will play to five people. I will play to your mom and dad right now. I don't give a <laughs> yeah. fuck. Just let me get in front of somebody and, and get on the stage. So they've when, announced when, some cool shows, uh, tours this summer. Well, dude, uh, fucking, yeah. Maryland death fest got announced for 2022 yeah. and that's pretty brutal. Um, yeah. a couple of open airs got uh, DSI announced and cataclysm and internal bleeding are coming. Yeah. Be cool. To I get saw cataclysm that. last year with uh, exhorter uh that was fucking fantastic yeah. um Cat cataclysm is like a way underrated band i always thought that they were didn't get anywhere near the the level of appreciation that they deserve i think they're perfectly um, rated you, you don't like them <laughs> i love I like cataclysm bit, uh... I, I like i i like a lot of their stuff uh i love the old <laughs> stuff with sylvain on vocals yeah and i like a lot of the stuff with mauricio on, on vocals too but yeah. uh i haven't kept up with them as much i don't know their last album I actually listened to, it sounded pretty good. It's hard to keep up with all the bands. There's a lot of new bands that come out. You know, it's really funny with when COVID hit, you know, things got put on hold, but then you also saw a lot of new projects start like, oh, hey, now I yeah. have time to do this. Let's start this fucking project so that, you know, when things open back up, we'll be ready to go. And all of a sudden, yeah. you know, there's 5,000 new bands to, you know, and, of then, shit. Yeah. and then a lot of the bands are actually for members of other established bands who now have side projects. And it's like, Oh, Hey, yeah. look, you're in 12 bands now. So yeah. Good for you. <laughs> when, uh, yeah, they're going to call them underground bands, but they're just, you know, they're not really underground bands at that point. Yeah. Are they? Um, so after that show was over, you got a chance to play for the first time in how long, you know, what, what did you leave that stage feeling like? Was it just like, Oh my God, I wish this wasn't over or I just can't wait uh, for the next one. Man, we had a tight set 
orchestrated like we it was like they were like you got an hour to play we we ran that set into the ground and like we barely stopped i think i saw justin post that the full show is going to be on youtube um i don't know if someone filmed the whole thing or they're like piecing it together or whatever from i've seen a couple of footage from different people but yeah um it was a it was a killer set, man. I, it was a long day. It was like we drove there. It's like three hours from my house. And then it's like we were set to play at like 1040 at night. And the whole thing ran behind like a fucking hour and a half. So <laughs> that's a long time to sit there with a bunch of drunk people and not get drunk yourself. So, uh, right. Um, but it was good to play. And then uh, band played after us. And then that was about it. Yeah. Um, they actually triggered my my kick drum, which I've never done live. Uh, the guy was like, "Oh yeah," he's like, "Put this in your kick drum." I'm like, I don't use triggers. I've never. It's like, well, it's it's easier for everyone. I'm just like, oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know how this is gonna fucking work. Uh, so I, I've seen some of the videos, and it it sounds pretty good. I don't know. It seems like it skips once in a while. So I mean, if you see the footage and you're like, "This guy sucks," then uh, it's not my then fault. Blame the trigger. Yeah. We'll yeah. Just guy. mic it up. Uh, and I, I had no monitor back behind me, so I couldn't hear anything, you know, at all. So, uh, yeah, the monitor was blown out. But, man, all those all those people stuck around and uh, a bunch of sick bastards. It was awesome. It was, <laughs> and, you it know, was cool. a one-hour handsome prick set is the equivalent of, like, 75 songs, just so you guys know. I mean, <laughs> it's pretty demanding. I was, Yeah, it was... Uh, yeah, it was like getting ready for a boxing match or something. We were just yeah. like running the set, uh, timing it. Just you know, I don't know. We over prepare, but that's that's the way we hold ourselves to a higher well, standard. Well, you know, those songs are you know. At one point, I fancied myself a vocalist, and I listened to your songs, and I'm like, those are pretty vocally demanding songs. Like I sure yeah. as fuck couldn't do that. It's you know, on a recording, it's one thing, right? Because you know, you can work the studio magic if you want to, but in a live setting. Pulling Absolutely. off all that shit back to back to back to back to back to back for an hour. Uh, Justin had to have just gone home and thrown the fuck up or something. Just No, he's a... <laughs> he's a pro. He, yeah, he could do it, man. I mean, I I don't know if if I could do it myself because, you know, I do it on the albums. But, you know, I, I do like long takes. I don't like to just piece... I don't edit a lot of shit. But mm-hmm. I've never like sang a whole death metal song with a band, you know. I don't know where I would stand with that, but Justin does every fucking piece. And even if I was to do it, I would probably dumb it down a little bit, but he does uh, everything. I don't know. He's a crazy fuck. And yeah. uh, Matt's doing vocals now too. It kind of helps him out. So it's, it's cool. We're more of a, more of a band now, I think. Like a, a, a real band, real, real band. Yeah. Look mom in a real band now. <laughs> I'm a handsome prick. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's awesome, man. So, you know, things are happening. Albums killer shows, you know, we're, you, we're at the starting point now and, and things are happening. So I guess what else do we have to look forward to from the prick this year? I know that you've got some stuff you're not ready to talk about yet, obviously, but you know, well, what, what are we going to be doing? Uh, as far as handsome prick, I don't know. We made some new shorts. You can buy those for the summer. Um, they uh, surround your prick with the prick. There you go. And you can really show some print with these bad boys. Let me tell you, <laughs> they're very silky. Um, yeah. All the ladies will come uh, chasing, but, uh, uh, we did some covers before Matt joined. Uh, we did three songs. I want to get back in. I have some songs picked just a matter of getting everyone over here and, uh, learning them. We'll probably go to the studio and do six more covers. I'm writing new prick stuff, but, uh, just kind of taking it easy, you know, there's no yeah. rush. Um, I'm working on some of my solo stuff, Pink Machines. I don't know if you've ever heard some of that. Uh, probably do an album of that. Uh, I do a horror punk band with my buddy Neil, and he doesn't know it yet, but I'm writing some some stuff for that. So I'm going to hopefully demo some stuff and shoot it his way uh, soon and maybe do some more of that so I can... So you can hear my beautiful voice uh, soar soar across the universe. And uh, that's about it, man. I don't know. Cool. That's it. I wish there was more, but uh, <laughs> I, I think I think that's plenty. Uh, I mean, we've got the inside scoop on on uh, on the new album. Uh, that that's fantastic. Uh, 
got to pick your brain about kind of the origin stories of all that stuff and, and get a little bit of background on, on who you are as an actual person rather than right. just being a, a name behind these epic <laughs> uh, multi-platinum albums that get released. <laughs> so, uh, you that know, that one went triple mer. Do- <laughs> <laughs> the purple album uh, reminded me of South Park, like triple mer. Yeah. Just, right. Uh, and I got Christian number zero six five out of two, three, six. Um, so nice. I mean, who got, who got number 69? I just have to ask the child. Uh, Jerry from know. elbow deep actually got it. I don't, do you know Elbow Deep? They're, they're Chicago men. Okay. They're a killer band. Uh, I He bought one. I was talking to him, and then I just happened to grab one. It was 69. I'm like, there you go, Jerry. There you go, Jerry. And, Beautiful. Uh, that's, a, that's a legend right there. So, uh, well, hey, man, this has been an awesome, awesome fucking time hanging out with you. Uh, For I sure, man. You glad coming to, on. glad to talk to you, man. Anything else that you want to leave us with today? Any Anything you want to say to the world? Um, any wise words of encouragement to the lads and lasses out there mm. who are struggling in the universe? I'm trying to like uh, think of some Gigi Allen song titles or uh, lyrics ah. I can bring up. I don't know. Stay sleazy. Stay strong. Yeah, yeah. Stick a banana up your ass and then fucking eat yeah. it. You know, stuff Keep like it that. Keep it dirty. You know? Stay brutal. <laughs> All right. Stay, Ladies yeah. and gentlemen and the rest of you filthy, filthy, filthy fucking people. <laughs> uh, thanks for hanging out on Misery Point Radio. Thanks to Brad Vanderzee for hanging out on Misery Point Radio. We will talk to you all in the wasteland very soon. Have an awesome day, guys. Thanks, Brad. Thanks, Mike. Killer, man. And before I forget, make sure you guys follow Handsome Prick on all their social media sites and do the same for me here on Misery Point Radio. Now I'm going to leave you with one more song off Plastic Baby Living Facility. This one's called Cancer Culture.